Yo, welcome into another Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It's the Sunday night podcast. Uh, Williams and Bloom. Chris Williams took Mike Williams to uh, pop a mic up to uh, the Minnesota Vikings game today. Mike was trolling him on Twitter, like <laughs> halfway through the third quarter. Uh, I imagine that Chris's mental state was in a really great spot today, Bloomer. Uh, my my buddy Andrew sent me a text that uh, he said Chris Williams has had better weekends. Yeah, I would say I that is. You know, I kind of I, I'm kind of joking that he he's ducking this podcast due to the result and the way this season has trended. But honestly, I just kind of feel bad for him. Like you you go up to Minneapolis and then have to watch that. My gosh, yeah. With your dad, who's a Cowboys fan, like talk about horrible. And and you and you just know like Mike wasn't holding back, you know, he didn't no. feel, he didn't feel bad for Chris no. at all. There, there was no point where he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it from, keep it dialed back a little bit. T- tough weekend for the Cyclones Vikings combo. Yes. Very right. tough weekend. Uh, Iowa state with a 14 to 10 loss to Texas tech yesterday or yeah, on, uh, on Saturday at Jack Trice stadium, of course, the Sunday night pod brought to you by, our friends at Mechdyne. You guys are going to have more with Mechdyne here right. later on uh, this week, right? The the Thanksgiving special coming we, live we, from uh, from Mechdyne. We we did a Thanksgiving special at the Mechdyne Social Hour uh, at, at a at the, a local pub, Irish pub in Marshalltown, with the entire crew from Mechdyne, and it was phenomenal. It was like a great time. So we talked a lot of basketball on that, realizing that uh, the football stuff would be outdated. But uh, man, Clover's just a good dude. And it just reaffirmed, as we told him that night, is like, well, you know, if this season continues and Williams and I aren't out of a job, we're calling you, Clover, because uh, we're going to work for Mechdyne. I think that that, uh, that podcast is coming on Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Sounds right. I think, I think C-Dub said. We, we uh, had a we had a DD, but we had, we had a couple beverages, so it got a little loosey. Yeah, I talked, to your, little... I talked to your DD. I, I got a report on the, the evening. It sounds like uh, things got a little interesting up there in Marshall. We got Town. a little interesting towards the end of the podcast. So for <laughs> your uh, for your Thanksgiving listening pleasure on the way to your your trip, it wasn't it wasn't X rated or anything. We just you know the 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 good people at the Mechdyne Social were kept feeding us the good stuff. Well, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to uh, what you guys will have to say because I'm looking forward to this week uh, out in Portland. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be out there and. Uh, gonna be covering the games, so that's gonna be. You're going to? Yeah. Well, my my dad's family is all from Oregon, you know, that's so we right. can so I can uh, knock out two birds with one stone here and go see the whole fam and then uh, cover a bunch of basketball games too. Before we get into football, because I've got some thoughts, I've got some data. I've been, yeah. I've been I've been feasting on data this afternoon. But what what do you think? Two and one would be a a huge success out there. A one and two, and you're you're what holding serve. But it'll be interesting to see how Iowa State does out there. I think they could beat Villanova. I, I mean, think it did, not, be- did not look great today. Did not look yeah. great today. I think they can beat Villanova for sure. I think not having Gabe Kalster today was uh, was crucial, and he was banged up. It sounds like he got a bruised hip yesterday in practice, uh, and I think after he tried to play in the first half, just wasn't feeling it, so he just didn't go back into the game. But uh, you know. I, I feel like this team is playing really cohesive basketball already, which is, uh, I think been kind of surprising, uh, at least to me watching them. I was, there were points today where I like, especially early on in that game, I was impressed and I was sitting there. I was like, man, this team has got some pieces, you know, to really make something happen, I think. And, you know, Villanova, obviously they don't have 
Justin Moore still isn't back from from his injury. I think they have another guy that's that's been out that's going to be one of their yep. yeah that's that's one of their their better players. And then a you know first year head coach with Kyle Neptune. Like I I think that that's a winnable game for sure. And two, I mean, like I don't I don't know that there's anything that North Carolina's done during the first couple of weeks of the season that makes me feel like Iowa State can at least hang with them. You know, if they were to play them in a second round game, sure. it, you probably I don't know if you. I'm certainly not going to pick them to win, but it wouldn't be a thing where I think they'd get blown out by anybody. Fair. Yeah. It's just going to be, I, I think it's great. It, you know, honestly, last year's non-conference was, was interesting because Iowa state went undefeated, but it was also somewhat uninteresting because it's like, well, wait until they play right. legitimate competition. It was, it was almost like, yes, but you know, let's get to January and then we can actually tell how good this Iowa state team is. As we'll talk about on Tuesday on that pa- podcast, I think Iowa state's a lot better than it was a year ago at this time. Uh, but 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 the record wasn't played a little bit by that non-conference. Don't have that advantage this year because of the tournament in Portland and because St. John's is going to be good. You got to go to Iowa City this year, so it, you're going to have to. You might have to win a game or two more in the Big Twelve to make the tournament. But I do think this team, at least the starting pieces, are better than it was a year ago at this time. And let's see if they can find a Brockington because man, offense today. Wasn't pretty there from the from the long range. I mean, felt bad for Caleb. He just kept shooting and kept not going in today. But that's okay. Man, good, uh, good, good day to work on that. St. St. John's put a hurting on on Freddie's boys this week. Did I you see that? that? Yeah, that was a that was a tough deal. Uh, see, hey, real quick, and then I, I promise we will talk about football. Did you see Matt Abdul Massey, our our pal, oh, uh, went on a podcast Who's... last week? What and podcast? He, I, I I I don't remember the podcast. He's but coaching he, like high school basketball or something now. Yeah, he's so I don't think he's agent co- he's not, or something. Yeah, he's not coaching collegiately, but he basically said that the Nebraska fans did not appreciate all the great players that he brought to Nebraska, and it wasn't that easy to do. <laughs> so, Matt, you know what? You know what made what made people appreciate those players a little bit more if they'd won more than like three <laughs> Big Ten games. That's, that, in that's two years. Obvious. Well, how good of players were they, Matt? So, oh man yeah that sounds about blast right. from the past uh all right yeah let's talk about football i feel like we both just were delaying talking about football uh just a tough one man and it just you know i wrote about this last night like i think the thing that is so frustrating about this team and the thing that has people riled up is the aspect of just being so close that it, sure. it magnifies your your errors way more it makes each individual error seem way bigger because it's like well if you don't mess this up then you win the game you know great and, point and when you're doing that week after week after week like it just is maddening and i, I just don't understand some of the stuff that's been going on it's just been a weird year i, I texted chris <laughs> last night and i was like this like the enjoyability factor of covering this team in this season is like on Jeff Beverly, Iowa State levels, you know, at this sure. point. Sure. It, it just, yesterday was a grind. I mean, it just, it's like, gosh, they're so close, but it is nearly statistically impossible to go one for five in the red zone. Yeah. Like that is, that is really, really hard to do. Like, so I, I went back, to, I went and looked today and I was like, you know what? This is, this is borderline impossible for the red zone percentages. And so I was like, okay, where, where, where are we at this year for Iowa State's red zone? Because I'm going to get to a point here, and this is going to, I think this will surprise some people. Iowa State right now in 
red zone scoring percentage is fourth worst in the country. Okay, that that's that probably doesn't surprise anybody, right, Jared? Like you're probably right. not shocked by that. Iowa State here, if I pull up the exact figure, Iowa State right now is scoring on 70% of its trips to the red zone. Iowa State's had 41 trips to the red zone. It has scored 20 touchdowns, so less than 50% Iowa State scoring a touchdown. Again, nobody's surprised by this. And then nine field goals. So that is fourth worst in the country. Weren't they, the amazing... did they lead the nation in, in that same stat like two years ago? So thank you. You're Yeah, you are an educated man, young Stan. So last year, last year, same staff, same everything. Obviously not the same players, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Iowa State was second in the country in red zone scoring percentage a year ago, and they didn't get there that much more often. 13 games, 49 trips, 33 touchdowns, 14 field goals, 96% conversion rate. So if you're doing the math, Iowa State was one for five yesterday. Iowa State was 47 of 49 in the red zone a year ago. They were worse in one day. In one game yesterday than they were the entire year last year. Oh man. So that's but it Jared, the amazing like second best in the country. So I'm like, okay, was last year an outlier? I mean, Brees Hall was great. He seemed to score every time. No. 2020, Iowa State was in the top 40. 2019, Iowa State was in the top 10 nationally in red zone. So what in the world is going on this year? It's it's the same. You know what I'm saying? Like this is why it's like baffling. It's like, well, if it's a if it's a if it's a system situation or if it's a play calling situation, you would right. think this would be a systemic issue that would show itself year after year. And yes, Andrew Mevis was great. He made everything last year, and that was this is part of it too. I mean, I don't think Matt has a great trust in the kicking game. I don't think anybody has great trust in the kicking game. So it leads you to go at times inside the twenty when last year you would probably kick the field goal. And the defense has been so good. Literally, Matt said after the game, a couple times we went for it on fourth down because we knew they're going to be pinned back anyway and we're going to get the ball back at a good position. So, I, like, the strategy has changed a little bit, so it's not apples to apples here. But to think, stands, Iowa State is getting to the red zone on average this year 3.73 times per game. Last year was 3.76 times per game. That's not that much different. But yet, scoring is down 12 points on average. 12 points. So you go from being the best offense in the Big 12 last year from a from a total yardage. And again, I'm not. Uh, I, I get total yardage because this is a perfect example. I total yardage kind of sucks. Yeah. Like it really does. But you were second in scoring offense last year in the Big 12. Now you're last by a wide margin. But yet, your first downs are largely the same. Last year, Iowa State averaged. 21 and a half first downs per game. This year it's 20 and a half. It's only one difference from first downs. But what the glaring issue is, is you're turning the ball over at a, a obnoxious level. Yeah. And then when you're not turning it over, you're not punching the ball in the end zone when you get inside the 20. And that is literally why Iowa State's offense, you know, 20 to 20 is about the same. Yeah. Honestly, it's about the same this year as it was a year ago. It's just they've been so bad so bad inside the 20 that it's 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 just almost impossible to comprehend how bad it's been and so the question is well who's to blame for that and i don't really know i don't know where i, I mean you can look at the coordinator absolutely you can look at the offensive line 
Absolutely. But it's largely the same line from last year. And it's the same coordinator from last year. Yeah. I was second in the country. So anyway, that was a lot. I was, I was shocked by that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like the 180 from one year to the next, what has changed? All right. So I've got a couple things to react to what you said. Uh, the first one, when you talk about the kicking game, I thought the t- the fact that they went for it on both of those situations down near the goal line, when you know, obviously you needed to score more points, but I just felt like it was still at a point. It's like the third quarter. It's like, you just need points, man. Like, I don't know if you need to make a statement that it's like, yeah, we're going to run right at you and get under center and like make this happen. You know, yeah. after it had, you'd already been stuffed on back-to-back plays to do it the third time felt like trying too hard to prove something. And that was like, where I also wondered, I was like, man, it feels like, okay, that doing it that time, it's like, all right, I get it. You know? you're trying to score a touchdown, you're yeah. playing field position, all that stuff. The second time I was like, man, you have had been stopped on the inside the five yard line on five consecutive plays. At what point do you sit there, sit back and say, Hey, maybe we just need to take the points. Just, but, sure. you, but can you feel confident even from two yards away right now? Because there's been how many times has it looked like on an extra point where the ball has been kicked low or something like that, you know? So it's just like that. I don't know. That's and in that situation, it, to me, it's like, well, you score, you're going to win the game because the defense yeah. was so good. And that's why, honestly, Easton Dean scores a tremendous play on his end. I was like, game's over. Like right. I, didn't, I did not, I did not see a way Tech was going to put together that drive, but they did. You know, they put together together a great drive, and and then I would say, obviously, could not respond from there. But it's just amazing. I know the offense has been bad, but yet it's really. <laughs> It's inventing like, ways to lose. Like I, I looked it up yesterday. They're the first wild. team since 2000 in college football to have over 420 yards of total offense, <laughs> score fewer than 10 or score 10 or fewer points. Yep. Uh, and have, and hold teams to 200 or hold their opponent to 250 or fewer yards while also not turning the ball over. No one had yep. done that in the last nope. 22 years. No one's done that. They're literally inventing new ways to win and that, or to lose. And that's why I say it's like, when you watch other teams, like you look like at, at TCU, how many times this year has TCU seemingly invented a new way to win a football game and just keep themselves alive? You know, like there. even Saturday, it just seems like they had that ability to just like pull a rabbit out of your hat. And all of a sudden you're just like in position to win. Wisconsin is another team that's really good at that. Iowa, like these teams that just all of a sudden the game is just like, suddenly it's sitting right in their lap because of the, the way they play the game. And for some yeah. reason, Iowa state can't get any of those breaks. But is that coaching? Like, I, I, is it just bad luck? I, this is where, this is what I can't comprehend because if you get 22 first downs to your opponent's 14 and you don't turn the ball over, you're winning 98% of the time. Yes. Like, you're just, you just are. And how many times yet, has Iowa State done that this year? Uh, uh, I mean, there's not they, that exact thing, but some, two, some variants of that, you know? Two, two of the eight games Iowa State has lost, they've been out first down. So they've had more first downs in six of the eight losses. It's an impo- like the what this offense is doing is nearly impossible. So that brings me to another point. And I go, I know this is not helping anybody, but I'm just the point is like I yes, the offense has been bad, but it hasn't been bad between the twenties. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, so so that yeah, I mean the, the, there's pretty clearly a couple issues. It's turnovers and and red zone. Get this, Kansas State, Kansas State has you would say a really good offense this year, right? Would you, yeah, pretty, would you yeah, say that? pretty good. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty good. good. Uh, Kansas State has 10 less first downs on the year than Iowa State does. 
Yet, Kansas State is averaging 12 more points a game. It's like, how, what? Like, how? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That does not add up. I mean, but this it, is, it just goes to the point where this season has been so bizarre that I even look at it and go, is it coaching? I mean, I guess at the end of the day, the coaches are responsible, but it's been so statistically not, not fathomable that I don't, I don't know. Like I, I just, I'm baffled by how this is even possible. It just is. Uh, I'd be wondering, or I'd be interested to know how much like where Kansas state stands in the big play rankings sure. compared to Iowa state and then in where you're scoring touchdowns on big plays, you yep. know, cause that would certainly cut into your first downs and special and that, teams touchdowns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Like I, I feel like I that would, it. would play a role, but uh, it just is. It's just so weird to be able to see a team move the ball them up and down the field, but not be able to score. I've never seen anything like it, you know, In any single game really. I mean, just, no. it's been, I mean, and, and people say, Oh, it's okay, like you mentioned, it's like, is it the stats fault? Or I feel like it's at a point now it's, it would be really hard to justify or sell not doing anything for sure. Know, from I, that, I agree from, with that. From that perspective in, from where I sit, like, I just think it would be really difficult to sit there and, and say, we're going to run it back with this group after how oh, the offense looked this yep. year, you know? Totally. And I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know if that means you change coordinators or if you shuffle some things around in your position group rooms, but it just, it feels to me like there's something that needs to change where there needs to maybe be some new voices in some of those rooms. And, uh, that will be really interesting, I think to track, because obviously we know, how close Matt is with a lot of those guys, you know, obviously Jeff Myers played for him at, yep. at Toledo. Then so him Tom and Tom, Manning. Uh, yeah, Tom Manning, Manning and him go back, you know, 20, whatever years. Yeah, like they all, it, I mean, they it, all, they all there's difficult. connections everywhere. Yeah. But it just, it is to me, it just is, you can't watch what this offense has done week after week and feel like you're going into the off season with positive momentum and, in that room, even defensively, like defensively still, you're going into next year. You feel like you're going to have a damn good defense again. He, without even with losing Will McDonald and losing Anthony Johnson. It's like, if we be, keep this core together and bring all these dudes back, like this dude's gonna, this is going to be a unit again, you know, no question. And, but like right now with the offense, with all the pieces, you know, that are going to be coming back. Like, how good do you feel about that? You know, but I totally, and I, I, I absolutely agree with that. But then I look at the number from last year and go, you were second in the red zone. And this year yeah. you're second worst with the same group. So what, 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 what your the, the play calling is largely the same, isn't it? And I know Brees was great, right? Yeah. You had you had and Purdy was great and Kohler was great, and maybe that's the problem. It does seem like the running that, and like I'd be I'd have to ask like Jeff Woody this or it does feel like those running backs really miss a lot of openings, you know? Uh, and, yeah, and that's why I wonder if it's so. Then the issue is, and I this is this is the critique I would get. It's like, well, if it worked then and it doesn't work now then figure out what does work. Like you can't keep doing what worked in the previous years if it hasn't worked for 10 games this year. And so I think that would be the, that would be the issue. And I, and I, I, I agree with that, but to say my, my thing is like, I don't necessarily think it's a, this system will never work. I don't know that they've fallen back on their players formations plays that they talk about all the time. I would, I would agree with, and I, and again, we're not there, but just it just seems like the the double tight end H back stuff 
while I think in theory, like last year, and when you have the guys to pull it off, it is hard. If you execute that well, yeah, it's almost impossible to stop. Right. Like I think in theory, it is a good offense. But and it's one of those it, things it, where it's like, at the same time, do you want to justify being like, all right, well, you're going to spread it out and just sling this thing around when outside of Xavier Hutchinson, like how much confidence can you have in I, any of those other guys catching the exactly. football on a week to week basis? I, you know, and that's why I think it's, I think that's why we've in this, we're, we're in this vicious cycle of, well, I guess we'll just try and keep it close and maybe we'll get, we'll actually hit one of yeah. these in the red zone. I mean, it's just frustrating because to your point, this is total. This is probably the most frustrating season I've experienced in a long time, and it's not because it's been not enjoyable or, or not. Uh, you know, you've been out of these games. It's you've been in every one. It's mm-hmm. like the opposite. You know, 2013 was really easy because it's like, well, you're going to show up, and you're going to lose by four touchdowns, and exactly. You know, yeah. You're tailgating and whatever. But it's like you are legitimately. Well, what was the stat from uh, from Bill Conley of ESPN this week? If Iowa State had the same offense that it did last year, when you pair it with the defense and special teams from this year, Iowa State would be ranked in the top 10 in SP Plus this year. Yeah. And that was on last year's offense, which wasn't exactly – it was good, but it wasn't. Yeah, not as good as the 2020 offense. This defense has been so, so, so good. And the special teams largely have been better. Now, they haven't Mm -hmm. been – Great. I thought they were going to block a punt last night. They got yeah, close a couple times. It's it's just it's maddening, and and now the season's over. Like, yeah, and, I mean, and that's you can, you, you can that, give TCU a game, but it just feels like now it just feels kind of empty. That's where I, I walked away last night. I was like sitting you know sitting down to write my column, and I'm like, I don't even think talking about like what could be fixed. Like, does that really even matter anymore? You know, like it's been ten, 10 weeks. Yeah, for this yeah. year, it's like at this point. It's get through next week. You know, you want to try and take send your seniors out on something good. If you win, you might go to a bowl game. You know, yeah, still, go still to the possible. first responders bowl or something like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, like just try and go out and. But it's like got to start thinking about what's coming next. You know, and and I again, like it just comes back to it. I think that there's been that standard set there that when you show up and expect to compete and expect to be able to win and then you lose like this, it is so much more frustrating than, yeah, you're like in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, even at the beginning of that year, it's like you showed up to play and you knew that they were going to lose. It didn't really matter. You know, it was like, it was going to take like a miracle for them to not lose. Uh, And, and now for them to just be in this constant cycle, I just, I feel like, it would be really hard again to justify not changing something because it, six wins, like, you know, he, Matt Campbell had the thing, whatever, five years ago. Now the bullshit yep. programs care about six and six, like man, six and six would feel pretty damn good right now. It, you know? it would. And, and it's the, it, but I was just, because I was looking at the numbers between K state and Iowa state today, and they've had a great year. You could say they're going to play for the big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. And Iowa state is dead last in the conference. And yet if you stack those two, up against each other outside again, they're two big things. I, I get it. But outside of turnovers and red zone, it's like the same team. Yeah. And that's frustrating because you've done all you've done defensively. You have had the best defensive year in Iowa state history. You just, again, a top 20 offense in tech and you neutered them for the entire game outside of the one and a half drives. They were great again. And yet, Somehow that you're one and seven, like good, good defenses don't go one and seven 
in a conference like this. Iowa State's going to have its best statistical defense it's ever had this year, and yet there's only one win in conference. It's 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 bizarre, and uh, I don't think we'll ever see a year like it again. I really don't. Like it's it's like I said earlier, it's nearly impossible to have Iowa State's statistical profile and have this result. Well, it's a great time to tell you about our friend uh, Hope Wood and her Will in a Day program. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it is. If, if you need to get your uh, your well done, uh, hit up our friend Hope Wood, hopewoodjd.com. Uh, Chris Williams is probably needs to work on he, getting yeah, he's, he's, I know this. that was his new, new Year's resolution, but after this weekend for him. So he's, he's not going to do it then if he's going to make it his New Year's resolution. <laughs> like that. He's a, he's not declared that. I'd hit fast forward on that that hope hope would will of the day situation. Oh man, hopewoodjd.com. Uh, of course, want to shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Uh, have their locations all over the Des Moines metro. Gravitate Coworking downtown on Locust in uh, in downtown Des Moines, the one in the East Village, right on Grand Avenue. Of course, there's uh, Midtown and Windsor Heights, and then our friends up in Jefferson. Uh, and in Cedar Falls as well. That's Gravitate Coworking. Go in and hang out with them. Uh, one of our great uh, supporters here at Cyclone Fanatic. All right, Bloom, I don't know what, where do you want to take this now? Uh, do you want to play Guess the Lines? We can. We can play Guess. Let's play Guess the Lines. I didn't. I saw the Iowa State line, and, and to our point, I mean, Iowa State's going on the road against a top-four team, and they did this against a similar TCU team. Remember this, the final weekend of uh, 20, what was it 2013? Maybe it's 2014. It's 2014. Yeah, when tech, when TCU won by 50 and still and then got, dropped. Yeah, got bumped. Yeah, <laughs> but that was that's point spread was 35. I remember that it was 35 points. This one on Saturday is what nine, ten. So it, it just shows like this it, again. They're 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 you're one eight or one and seven. I understand that, but this is not, this is still an Iowa state team that is capable of winning this game on Saturday. I don't think there's any question. I would, I would not be shocked one iota if Iowa state is able to put it together and beat these guys. Cause I don't think TCU has been that light years better than everybody. And obviously Iowa state has been in every game, every game. I would be nervous if I was TCU this weekend. Yeah. TCU is a 10 and a half point favorite it's up to 10 uh, and a half. Okay. Yeah. Right now. Uh, all right. Black Friday, Baylor going on the road to uh, Texas for a 11 a.m. kick on Black Friday. What what's the line? Oh, we miss we missed the sacks for one. I just I'm I'm not in my groove. Sorry, so Baylor, sorry. Baylor, I don't no, have, have the capabilities. Of I get it. Hey, Baylor Baylor at Texas. Yep. yep. Uh, Texas thirteen. Uh, Texas by eight. Oh, how about them just put it on Kansas? Yeah, I did not see. I mean, Kansas kind of was, you know, is who we thought team. they were. But yeah. uh, at the same time, did not see that one come in. This, it feels like this Texas team should have quit like three weeks ago. I think they are they are baffling. Like there's, I, I would say it's baffling. For like 500 or 400 yards or something like that, though, yesterday. Something yes. crazy. I mean, yeah. And then, yeah. And it seems like everybody's has put up monster numbers against Kansas. Well, besides yeah. Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 11 a.m. kick uh, on Saturday, West Virginia on the road at Oklahoma State. How soon until uh, Neil Brown gets fired? I will say. Oklahoma I thought he was going to get fired on yeah. the tarmac in this Ames. This is interesting. Oklahoma State was awful again. That was easy. That was an easy pick this week. Oh, man. Oklahoma State, seven. Eight and a half. Okay. Close enough. 
All right, Oklahoma on the road at Texas Tech at six thirty kick in uh, in Lubbock. Oh, this is fun. I, I was impressed. I don't think, te- I don't think you're going to get this one. Oh man, Oklahoma minus three. Uh, Oklahoma minus one and a half. Yeah, you were closer than I expected. Well, yeah, I. Uh, hey, I, you know what? Here's what's frustrating. Yesterday, if after Will McLaughlin picks up that fumble, if Iowa State scores there, it might have turned into yeah Kansas from thirteen or Tech from sixteen. That yeah. could have gone out of hand, but because I was it got stopped, it, it turned the whole thing around for them. Like, oh, I guess we can we can we can play with these guys. I thought Will McLaughlin was gonna, maybe going to do it for the Hawkeye Ten. I know, do it up like the his boys, Cyclops. boys out at Harlan that repeated as uh, Class Three A state champions on Friday, and now Will just doesn't have speed, couldn't get himself I, in the end zone. He's going to be a good player. I like yeah, he's going to be a really really good player. Uh, all right, and then the nightcap in the Big Twelve, the Sunflower State Showdown from Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Kansas on the road at Kansas State. What's uh what's the line? K State twelve. Yep. Yep. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Did that for Webwise, buddy. For Webwise. Shout out to Webwise. Uh all right, man. So to TCU TCU K State. It's a stare down, stare down a purple in, in Dallas coming up. Makes me want to throw up all that purple. It's so this is interesting situation for Iowa State fans. Like yeah, you want to beat TCU. But if Iowa State beats TCU, they're obviously not going to make the playoff. I don't think TCU has a chance in the playoff anyway, so maybe it doesn't really matter, but it's just... Uh, I want yeah. TCU to make the playoff just because I want them to go and play Georgia or something. And, I mean, even if they just lost by 30, like everyone loses to Georgia by 30, you know? Right. So it's like what no one can not be like, well, they didn't belong here. No one has been able to keep it close with that team. You know, it's just, I don't know. I want them to make it just because I think it would be good to get another team besides Oklahoma into the college football playoff. Yeah. I think, I, I think long, Cincinnati as well. Yeah, Sorry. Cincinnati, true. Yeah. Long term for the Big 12, it would, because they're a healthy TCU, I think is good. Um, maybe not I quite this think, healthy, though. Yeah. Maybe not this healthy. I think I was thinking win the game down there. I really do. Again, I would, I, I actually, I love the fact that I was just getting ten and a half points. And I know so you look should at Max it, oh, well, Duggan be going to New York? Yes. Yeah. I mean, lock it in. Lock it in. It, and it's somebody brought this up to me. Look at if in and do this this week, Jared. Here's a column idea for you. Look at Duggan's stats in his first year starting and second year first two years starting, and look at Hunter Decker's stats this year. They're almost identical. And I'm not saying that that Hunter Decker's is going to be Max Duggan, but I keep coming back to again. Decker's yesterday made some incredible throws. Yeah, like I, I, I think he can be the guy. I'm, I'm a big Hunter Decker's believer still. And if if they, if they just figure out, however you fix the red zone situation, it's it starts at the line, I think, and the running backs clearly. But I still think Decker's can be an upper level Big Twelve quarterback. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not selling Hunter Decker's. Yeah. I mean, I Max Duggan certainly went through some downs in his career he did. too. He did go through you know? some stuff. Yeah, yeah. For and him to even be in the position he's in, man, you got to take was, your cap to him. It's pretty had a cool. Good, I had a good conversation with somebody. So I, you know, uh, the elitist that I am, I was at Sukup uh, for the game yesterday. Found my way into the warmth of, of Sukup. But How many beers really, did you have? Uh, I, so you know, I didn't know this. You can take the beer with you to your seat. 
Yeah. 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 I probably, I probably had, I, uh, I had a driver. So I had, I think I had six or seven. How the other half lives, man. It was great. It was actually, and there's food in there and there's bathrooms. You don't have to go to the trough. I was like, man, I'm, I'm like, I almost texted Jamie like, Hey, I'm in like, what, what's the donation level? I'm in for next year. Let's go. But anyway, I was having a conversation with a couple smart cyclone fans and you know, actually I think long-term, yeah, this year has been a disappointment, but this is really, you know, hopefully this is a healthy reset, right? Like you go through stuff like this, TCU had to go through it. This is a way that Iowa state, you know, as it, as it grows in this new big 12, I don't think having a year like this is the worst thing. You kind of figure out, all right, this worked for a while clearly isn't working now. How do we adjust? How do we get back to where we were? I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer that I think Iowa State's development is still good. I think the the player, um, you know, analyzing, finding the right guys that fit is still there. The defense is going to be continue to be good. So I don't believe Iowa State's that far off. Now you look at one at seven, you go, well, that's a long ways away. This is not Kansas from, from five years ago, right? Like Iowa State's, if it, it, it uh, some fixes here or there. I think you're a lot more like TCU was a year ago than where Kansas was, let's say three or four years ago. And I'm not, I'm not predicting I was just going to go be in the playoff next year, but you get my point that uh, I, th- this, uh, a reset like this can be healthy for the long-term sustainability of the program. And that's my optimistic uh, angle on this Sunday. Well said. Well said. Uh, we'll talk about that game more on football and random things on Cyclone Fanatic on Monday. Uh, all right. One last thing I was going to toss out at you. I meant to do this at the beginning of the show, but we, we transitioned to football. Uh, can, can I throw you a wager potential, yes. potential nice little wager maybe this week. Yeah. If you're, if you're thinking of making some futures bets on the feast week tournaments, uh, this is, <laughs> this is deep level degenerate stuff, but I'm just saying this, I think this would be a good bet. Uh, Michigan state was plus 3000 to win this tournament as of, uh, earlier today. Mm-hmm. When I was looking at that, the one in the PK invite, the, the PK invitational out in Portland. I think Michigan state has a really, really good basketball team. I, it would not surprise me at all if they won this thing. I think they're going to come out of that other side. And I think that there's going to be some people that are going to be a little surprised by what that group has done. They played some who, really good teams already this year. Who else is over there on that side? Uh, Oregon. Okay. There, I'm, I'm not a believer. Oh man. Who's the other ones? UConn. Yep. And... They're, they're, they play hard, but yeah not anybody that was impactful enough for me. I think Michigan state's going to get through that side of the bracket. Easy. Honestly. Okay. Well take, take, uh, I like that. I like that. I just want to throw that that out at you. I thought, yeah. And and if you, uh, if people hit that 30 to one bet, um, look into, we will after the fact and, uh, thank Jared for the donation. Yeah. And thank Tom Izzo. Thank, yeah, you can Izzo. put that, you can write that in. Thanks, yeah, Jared. Thanks, thanks to Jared. Thanks, thanks to Tom to Izzo. Jared. And thanks to Tom Izzo and F Michigan State in 2000. Uh, thank Mac, uh, thanks to Mechdyne. Thanks to Hopewood. Thanks to Gravitate Coworking. We'll talk to you guys again soon. You'll hear from Bloom on Tuesday on the Thanksgiving special. Peace. Cheers.